these companies coming back? Who's going to get the jobs? You know what my answer is going to be? How about the people who stay? Right? Uh, how about the people who stay? Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan laid out some fairly bold plans during his State of the City speech yesterday. It was his first major address since being reelected in a landslide last year. Duggan spent much of the speech talking about education, something the mayor of Detroit has little control over, but of course has a moral imperative to deal with as the person who runs the city. But he kept coming back over and over again to this theme, the people who stayed. He talked a lot about how many residents Detroit has lost over the last 20 or 30 years and how the last five to 10 years have been some of the toughest in terms of trying to keep people here within the city borders, trying to convince people that this is a place they want to live and raise their families. And he spent most of the speech last night coming back over and over again to the idea that those of us who have stayed here, those of us who have said this is our home and we won't go somewhere else, even though police may take a long time to get here or the fire trucks may have to drive a long way if we have an emergency, those are the folks that he wants to focus on in that second administration. We're going to talk a lot about that focus. We're going to talk a lot about the mayor's speech. But up front, we want to talk a lot about this significant proposal in Duggan's speech, uh, this idea of focusing on children and focusing on transportation in children uh, in the terms of the public schools. He has in mind for the fall a pilot program that would better connect students to schools and after-school programs. If this works, we're going to replicate these routes in one area after another in the city so you never again have a kid riding an hour on a bus to go to another location. So Duggan's plan would create a new bus loop that would connect public schools, charter schools, licensed daycares, and after-school programs in a very small part of the city, northwest Detroit. There are a lot of schools. There's a lot of concentration of schools, both public and charter, in that area. And as he pointed out last night, it's also home to the Northwest Activity Center, which is a place that, when I was a kid, was where you went after school or on weekends to find homework programs or music lessons. It's where I learned to play the piano, for instance, and I have friends who learned to swim there. Uh, Duggan also pledged that every abandoned house in Detroit will either be demolished renovated or boarded up by the end of next year. And the mayor said it's time to double down on developing a more skilled workforce. Are these plans realistic? And how significant would they be in terms of improving the lives of Detroiters? Those Detroiters that the mayor was focused on, those Detroiters who have been here, not the folks who are coming here because they're attracted to opportunity or because they have jobs that have brought them here, but the people who are here and in some cases don't have much choice about where else they might go. The folks who really need city government to invest in the idea of opportunity. And are we at a turning point where Detroit's revitalization can begin to reach residents outside the city's core? How do we take all the great things that have happened in downtown and midtown and make them matter uh, at Alter Road, make them matter over on Schaefer Road, uh, this idea that that the neighborhoods where the people who have stayed here live, for the most part, 
ought to benefit from the things that are going on. That's where we're going to start the conversation today on the program. And as always, we want to hear from you. Uh, did you watch the mayor's speech? Uh, what did you think of those proposals? What do you think of the trajectory that Detroit is headed on? 313 577 1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work you into the conversation. And joining us to talk more about the mayor's speech and the city and the state of the city is David McGee. He's a program director leading the Skillman Foundation's Youth Development and Youth Employment Programs. David, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Also with us is Raquel Castaneda Lopez. She is the Detroit City Councilwoman from the 5th Council District. Is that right, Raquel? Did I get that six. right? I can't sixth. Re- sixth council You're district, the 6th. Yes. That's right. The 5th and 6th always confuse me. And I, I should know because I live in your district, so I should know what number uh, we are. Yes. But uh, Councilwoman L- uh, Castaneda Lopez, welcome Back to Thank Detroit you. Today. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So uh, I, I want to start with this idea of children in the city, uh, of opportunity, and it uh, and how it relates to children in the city. This is, this is one of the things that the mayor spent a lot of time talking about last night. Uh, Councilwoman, I'm going to start with you. Talk about what that looks like in your district right now. What uh, what opportunity you see for the mayor to make that better, and whether we're doing those things correctly, whether we are uh, whether we are focusing the, the the efforts of this administration and of, of city government properly on areas uh, that exist in in districts like yours. Sure. I mean, I think in some parts it was ex- definitely exciting to hear about the partnership between uh, charter schools and public schools. District 6 is actually home to the highest concentration of kids under the age of 18 and yes. most schools in any other district in the city. So actually years ago, there was a coalition built among several of the DPS schools in the 48209 zip code that did ex- uh, almost exactly what the mayor had proposed. They got together, they put, put with nonprofits and got a bus, the Detroit Bus Company, to pick up the kids after school and go from school to school to connect them to the different after-school programs and really partner and help access the uh, transportation challenges that a lot of families have. So it's exciting to see that the city is actually taking this on and expanding it to include um, daycare facilities and to bring in charter schools, and we look forward to that support coming through the 48209 zip code. I think the challenge still is, though, in zip codes, for example, that I represent, like 4204 and the northern part of 4210 and mm-hmm. 4217, which maybe don't have that same concentration of kids or schools or resources, how will we make sure that they're brought into the fold as well and included in some of these outreach activities? And I think that's still where the real challenge uh, lies, is I talk a lot about the non-hardest fund neighborhoods, the non um, non-planned neighborhoods. What is our strategy to really providing basic services and making sure that these initiatives benefit them as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, David McGee, the Skillman Foundation, of course, is very focused on young people and opportunity and education. Uh, I'm first curious uh, uh, what your reaction was to the mayor's speech and that focus on those things uh, in that speech. But then I want you to talk uh, a little more about the state of the city as it pertains to children. Tanya Allen, uh, the Skillman CEO, Mm -hmm. wrote an op-ed in the Free Press recently about Detroit's children and how they need to be part of uh, the city's resurgence. Uh, I'm curious how the mayor's words struck you in the context of uh, 
of Tanya's words last week. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, the conversation that we've been having at the foundation here lately is around the question and how are the children. So with that being said, we're very thankful that the mayor is helping to facilitate collaboration between DPSCD and, and charters um, on behalf of the city as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. And to that end, we're actually excited about the transportation loop. As was pointed out last night, around 32,000 Detroit children are leaving the city to access other schools. Yes, yes, which which I think the mayor said this, but that would, I think, be one of the top five largest school districts mm-hmm. in the state. I think he said it was it would be second. I'm not sure that's right, but uh, that's a lot of kids. That's a lot of young people. That's yeah. a lot of young people. So, And what we understand throughout this work, <clears throat> and I'm sure Councilwoman Lopez would agree, is that what distinguishes one child from another is not ability, but it's access. I mean, access to mm-hmm. opportunity, mm-hmm. access to education, and access to love, the type of love that cannot be legislated, right? The type of love that can only come um, through us as residents supporting young people each and every day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are we, in in Tanya's piece last week, uh, I, she, I thought, uh, made some very strong points mm-hmm. about how we've left children out of the equation so far. Uh, did you feel like what the mayor was saying uh, was was believable in terms of how we would refocus on kids and opportunity? I do, Stephen. I also think that it actually tees up the conversations that we actually need to be having. So what the mayor delivered last night was a state of the city, mm-hmm. right? The speech in and of itself. But we understand that the state of the city is the responsibility for all of us, right? So there's a state of a city, kind of uppercase S, and then there's also the <laughs> state of the city, um, lowercase S. So the, the speech part is definitely up to the chief executive the, of the city, but the safeguarding of the state of our city in the children and families that reside here in the city of Detroit mm-hmm. is up to us. So Mayor Duggan is providing strong leadership and showing a sincere interest in neighborhoods and residents. However, it's up to all of us to be able to make that difference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Raquel, I want to ask you about the relationship between council and the mayor as it pertains to these things. Uh, of course, as a council person and a district council person, uh, you're, you're really close to these issues and, and somebody who lives uh, in a neighborhood in the city, you see all the time the things that need to be done. Do you feel like the mayor is close enough to those issues in the way that his sort of day-to-day thinking unfolds, in the way that his policymaking unfolds? I mean, certainly the speech last night made it uh, made it appear as though that's where he wants to direct his energies. Do you feel that uh, as, as the council person representing District 6? Yeah, I think speaking back of when we all started in 2014 mm-hmm. and to where we are today, I think there's been tremendous progress, a lot of learning. Um, but as I always advocate, we can always do better. We can always work harder um, to really help young people. And, as, and I say this very openly as a young person, as a family that didn't have the opportunity to move, who grew up in poverty, um, the, the struggle is real. And so and the complexity of those solutions are real. And there's no, um, as Frank just mentioned, there's no real kind of one solution and that really involves, it really requires all of us to come together to help support young people in the city. And I, I just think of council session yesterday when council member Sheffield honored, I believe her name, a young woman, Charity Turnbull, uh, who is doing amazing things in the city and talks about equality and, and the challenges of, of feeling discriminated against and, the, and racism that still exists unfortunately, um, in certain parts of the city and the tension between the surrounding communities. And I think that's still a very real challenge uh, for us as a municipality of how do we navigate those waters to make sure we're bringing resources, again, to the most marginalized folks. And the other piece I think is really important, especially as the 
youth are leading the way for gun violence reform, is to make sure that young people are in those leadership positions. So we have a youth services director that's now being transferred to the rec department, which I think is a great move. But we really need to empower and create a platform for young people to be at the forefront of driving some of these solutions. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. Uh, I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guests are David McGee. He's the program director who leads the Skillman Foundation's Youth Development and Youth Employment Programs. Also with us is Raquel Castaneda-Lopez, Detroit City Councilwoman from the 6th District. We are talking about Mayor Mike Duggan's State of the City address yesterday, an address that was focused largely on the idea of people who have stayed here in Detroit, people who have not left the city, even as decline has set in and taken root over the last 30 to 50 years, the people who are still uh, Detroit residents. What should they be benefiting from in this resurgence? Should they be benefiting more? How should they be benefiting more? The mayor talked a lot about young people and opportunity as it pertains to young people. He talked a lot about workforce development as well and focused that on the people who are here living in the city of Detroit. What did you think of the mayor's speech? What did you think of the things that he said? What do you think of the things that he tried to address in that speech? And do you think those things are uh, uh, policy imperatives that will change the quality of life for people who live here in the city of Detroit. Is he focusing on the right things to move the needle, especially when it comes to kids? If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and we will work you into the conversation. Uh, let's go to Gene in Detroit. Gene, welcome to Detroit today. You there, Gene? Uh, Gene, are you there? Hello. Hey, hey, Gene. Uh, good morning, Stephen. Hey. Uh, I'd like to ask a two-part question, so I'll be very quick, and then I'll get off the phone. Uh, number one, the Financial Review Commission uh, is in actual control of the city government and the school board. And I'd like to know, uh, since they were supposed to, uh, by the terms of the grand bargain, return control of the city to the mayor and city council mm -hmm. January 1st, uh, how long will it be before they relinquish control of the city? And two, uh, how much money from the school aid fund, state school aid fund, uh, goes to subsidize uh, economic development projects inside the tax increment finance area of the city. Of downtown, yeah. Yeah, Gene, great questions. Uh, the mayor addressed the financial review part of that a little bit last night. Uh, uh, Councilwoman, I'll leave it to you to, to, to talk more sure. detailed about it's that. So the Financial Review Commission um, doesn't have control over the school board when they got rid of the EM and elected their school board uh, last uh, a couple years ago. Um, they were fully their powers were all fully restored. For the city, it's uh, we have to have um, three balanced budgets, and so this is the third year that we'll be able to have a balanced budget. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we're actually in the middle of budget negotiations right now. Um, after that happens, then the Financial Review Commission will go dormant. And that should happen sometime later this year. Now, exactly what dormant means, that's something we're still trying to figure out. <laughs> right. But we're hoping um, that it that means that they, you know, will not 
will have very little power and control um, as long as we have a balanced budget for right. years into the future. Yeah. Uh, what about this question of uh, school aid funds and the, 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 the TIF? That's a long-running argument here in Detroit about how we help yeah. subsidize development. I think there's mm-hmm. also a lot of confusion out there about mm-hmm. how that mm-hmm. how that works. I wonder mm-hmm. if you can help uh, help us understand that. Like I said, a little bit of light. It's uh, depending on the tax abatement, whether it's a Chase or Brownfield redevelopment. That each abatement uh, captures taxes in a slightly different way, and so we actually just requested a comprehensive report of all of the different LLCs um, looking at Quickens and then hoping to look at Village downtown to see um, what's the cumulative amount of abatements and public subsidies that they received. Um, but total for the downtown area, uh, it's a great question, and I don't think we have the actual number now of how much is captured from school aid fund. Or For me, a big concern is also the libraries mm-hmm. that are being impacted, but it's uh, ongoing research uh, that's being done now to look at the larger entities that have received more of the tax subsidies and then to look comprehensively um, at how much has maybe been captured from the school aid fund and captured from the libraries. I've been a strong advocate of making sure that community benefits are the forefront of those conversations when we are granting tax abatements and have voted against several of them specifically because I didn't think it was how we should be um, giving away public subsidies that could negatively impact the schools and the libraries. Right. Right. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Call and tell us what you thought of Mayor Mike Duggan's State of the City address. Tell us what you think of the state of the city uh, in broader terms, uh, in terms of opportunity, in terms of stability, in terms of investment for those Detroiters who stayed through the decline, who stayed through bankruptcy, who stayed through tattered services, uh, what do you think is the trajectory forward? What do you think uh, we ought to be doing to make things better? And is Mayor Mike Duggan focused on those things? Again, you can go also to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Let's go to Matt in Detroit. Matt, welcome to Detroit Today. Oh, thanks for having me, Stephen. Really appreciate it. Um, When you talk about, uh, it's more of a comment, um, Mm -hmm. but when you talk about policy imperatives, um, I used to work for the Detroit Bus Company and work on the Youth Transit Alliance, which uh, Councilperson uh, Lopez, uh, uh, Castaneda Lopez, excuse me, uh, referenced a moment ago. Mm -hmm. And I just want to highlight just how important it is that this happens. This is something that has you know, shout out to Skillman. This was something that they initiated and partnered with the Detroit Bus Company back in, I believe, 2013 to get young people to the very, very high quality after school programs that exist in our city. Mm-hmm. The challenge that we saw <clears throat> was that youth weren't getting there. And the hours between three and five are of the utmost importance. And the research stands behind it. Um, Organizations like the After School Coalition, I believe I'm getting that right, have unbelievable amounts of research on how important that time is because you effectively extend the school day, you provide skills that might not be able to be included in the daily curriculum, and as David said a moment ago, love, just full stop love for children (laughs) that they might not be getting potentially anywhere else yeah. role models and and so you know I, I don't want to be too long-winded i could talk for hours but the point <laughs> is this initiative is 
unbelievably exciting, not only for the city and the youth, but for the nonprofits and the after-school programs in building that are doing this high-quality work. Yeah, yeah, Matt, thanks very much for the call uh, and the comments. Uh, uh, David McGee, uh, that, that's that, what he's talking about is right in the wheelhouse of what yeah. uh, what Skilm is concerned about and and working on. Yeah, I think he hit the um, <clears throat> he hit the point right on because in addition to the foundation, what makes this exciting is that less about the foundation, but more so the partners mm-hmm. that we are joining hands with in in, in a sense of solidarity, um, specifically focused on making Detroit a city where children can actually thrive. Right. Yeah. One of the things that we've understood from going deep in the neighborhoods and just being embedded in the city is that this is not just a place where people live. This is who they are. Right. This is actually who Detroiters. Are and for, and in many respects, we're actually the engine of, of the country. Mm-hmm. So making sure that young people, children and families have access, have opportunities, and more importantly, a level of consistency. Yeah, yeah. That's and, a, and those frequency of opportunities will be a difference maker. Yeah. Uh, the, this pilot program that the mayor wants to run in Northwest Detroit it would involve a lot of different schools. I mean, it's obvious why you pick that sector of the city. There's a lot of schools. There's a lot of people. You've got uh, community centers and things like that. I, I, I worry, I think, as Councilwoman yeah. Castaneda-Lopez was saying earlier about how you make that translation to other spaces. This will get harder as you branch out. It will. Um, but what we understand is that the needs and the challenges that young people face is not respective of place. Right. So if we can figure out how to just work collaboratively and intentionally in place and what that support may look like. From an organization such as the foundation, it may look like convening. Mm-hmm. It may look like engaging the community to make sure that the services and the offerings are consistent with what the residents actually need. It may look like advocacy or serving as a champion. Um, the way that philanthropy is mostly thought of is um, around funding. But the, the biggest tool and the biggest power that we have is just to make sure that we are intentionally listening to the voice and the residents of the community to drive a level of systemic change. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me quick take one more call before we uh, end the segment here. Paul in Detroit. Welcome to Detroit Good morning. Go Good ahead. morning. Uh, my, I had two, two uh, observations here. And one, uh, I wanted to find out just what you guys thought of the speech in general and also the importance of what he talked about as far as the Skilled Trades Council. Mm-hmm. Brenda, I, belong, I go to the Skilled Trades Council meetings, and Councilman Jones pushes pushes very hard mm-hmm. trying to get people into these skilled trades uh when he when the mayor talked about shortfalls on the little caesar arena i worked at little caesar's arena for uh, about nine months last year mm-hmm. great job a lot of work uh, great facility but i'm just wondering what you guys think about that skilled trades council and trying to get people to come into the program yeah yeah Paul, and to me that's a big problem yeah, and the biggest problem is they can't pass urine tests yeah that's that that's a huge problem here in detroit paul uh you're absolutely right uh councilwoman castaneda lopez i'll give you a chance to talk about in your district even uh, this idea of focused focusing on skilled trades Getting Detroiters ready for the jobs uh, that that are available. Are we doing enough there? The mayor certainly made it sound last night like we've got everybody pushing in the right direction and working in a coordinated fashion. Is that paying off? Yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 exciting to see the expansion of the Randolph facility, the Hubbrough facility. I think I'm saying that wrong, but to see some of these trades um, be offered 
training be offered for youth, but also for young people in the afternoon and evening hours. And I think that's going to help tremendously. I think the challenge is, though, um, we know globally, right, manufacturing and logistics is somewhat on the decline. Mm -hmm. And so how do we kind of diversify the type of apprenticeship programs? And I've been a strong advocate of looking at the professional sector as well. I mean, a lot of the companies that were highlighted last night from Google to Microsoft, they are offering a lot of positions in IT and really in accounting or design or um, management. And one of the reasons, uh, you know, Amazon didn't come here was obviously because of the job market. Uh, but a lot of the office space being created downtown now really are looking for people with professional skill sets. And so thinking of, one, how do we continue to increase access to the skilled trades, um, recognizing that there's a lot of academic barriers. But in all honesty, there's a lot of folks who are skilled but cannot get licensed for various reasons. I think a lot of the folks in the immigrant community that may not have access to those opportunities. Mm-hmm. So we need to think creatively of how to help them um, and maybe through more of a co-op style, get access to those programs. And then the other piece is always keep pushing to diversify the types of programming that we're offering and making sure that we're keeping diversifying our economy at the forefront to really meet the demand um, going forward. Okay. David McGee, uh, Program Director for the Skillman Foundation's Youth and Development and Youth Employment Programs. Thanks for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you. And Councilwoman Raquel Castaneda-Lopez, Detroit City Councilwoman from the 6th District. As always, thanks for joining us as well. Thank you. Up next, we're going to go from talking about the state of the city into a discussion about the state of nonprofits here in the city. Focus Hope turns 50 tomorrow, but its recent financial troubles may be an indication of a changing landscape for nonprofits here in the city. And don't forget, if you had to walk away from the radio for any reason, you don't have to miss out on the conversation here on Detroit Today. Go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts, download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you. Listen when you are ready. We'll be right back on Detroit Today.